excited to see you guys and excited to be here for our last week of God Flicks. And we played this Lord of the Rings clip because there's so many spiritual principles in this that relate specifically to the power of fellowship. God designed us in our walk with him not to do it alone. A lot of times we tend to think of spirituality as, you know, what's really spiritual is you go up on top of a mountain by yourself and, you know, in this kind of alone space. And God, we're going to see in the Bible that fellowship, community with spiritual people that help us to grow actually is a huge, has a huge impact on our closeness to God. And there were so many things that fellowship does that I saw in that clip. It was like what Sam was as far as how he was there for Frodo. Because the world beats you up, just like Schmeagol beating up Frodo. You know, there's so often that we're out in the world and the world attacks you, the world pulls you down, the world beats on you. And fellowship is there to restore, fellowship's there to encourage you. And then you even see the love and the grace in it too, where you see the pull where Frodo was like, you know, oh, the ring, you know, the power that the ring had. And so oftentimes, those are the things that the, the Bible says that there's a spiritual battle and that Satan doesn't want you to be close to God. And so, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when there are times that you're starting to get close to God, that all of a sudden, there could be like a pull to pull you away from God. Have you seen that for your life or seen it for your friends? And so often that happens. It's very much like what was going with Frodo with the ring. You know, something real shiny and attractive and it seems like it has power and it's real, oh, here, let's pull away from God. Let's have the shiny thing over here. And fellowship often, it's the relationships and the spiritual relationships that help bring us back to God and even give us love and grace when, when we're pulling away. You know, that it's not punitive. Um, so I kind of want to look at some of the scriptures for that. You know, in the book of Acts, the book of Acts in the Bible is the record of the first church. It's the first time people could get born again, get saved, come to know Jesus because he died and, you know, rose from the dead. And that church was on fire. They had miracles all the time. And a lot of times people think, oh, either that the miracles were exaggerated. Sometimes people think that, oh, they're not really miracles. They're just stories people told. Or people think, well, that was in Bible days. And I don't believe that at all because I've seen quite a few miracles today. Miracles are alive and real today. I've seen it over and over. The power of God is still the power of God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. But they saw miracles a lot more often than we do today. And one of the keys to the fire and the power is because they fellowshiped every day. And I want to read that because fellowship is powerful. In, um, let's go, if you've got Bibles, you can go to Acts chapter 2. And you'll see that the things that they did as far as together and fellowshipping together, um, that kept them on fire. In Acts 2, 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly. And here's the things that they continued to do steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine, which is God's word, and fellowship, which is what we're going to be focusing in on, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. 
Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as, everyone had, as anyone had need. So continuing, how often? Daily, it says, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor, which is grace, with all the people. Grace is something that we also experience in fellowship. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So some of the things in this is the fire and the passion. People were getting saved every single day because people were on fire for God spiritually. You ever notice, we do a lot of retreats in this church, so if any of you guys that do the do a retreat, you're on so on fire at the end of the weekend. Why do you think that is? Because you've had big doses of fellowship. And fellowship helps draw us close to God. It helps build our faith. It helps us to walk with God. And so you ever notice that sometimes you, afterwards, you kind of drift off a little bit, you know? It's we want to up the dose of our fellowships. So let's go to... Um, 2 Corinthians 6 in verse 14. It's kind of like an ember that's away from a fire. You know, an ember separates from the fire and it cools off pretty quickly, doesn't it? You know, that's, that's kind of the idea of, of moving away from fellowship. In um, 2 Corinthians 6 in verse 14, it talks about, again, we're looking at what the elements of fellowship are, and we're going to also look at some of the things it does for us. In 2 Corinthians 6 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Now, I've heard this kind of taught in some ways that are, um, you know, where people advocate like distancing yourself from people that are non-Christian. That's, the, that's ridiculous. Sorry, I was going to say something else. But uh, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. How are we going to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ and exhibit his love if we go off in some commune, you know, some little cult someplace separate and isolate ourselves and be insular. Like, we can't spread the love of Jesus that way at all. But what this is talking about yoking in the Bible, yoke was a thing that went around an ox neck and linked, you know, two oxen together. So, um, so when they were doing a job and a task, they were linked by the neck. It was definitely a very committed, linked relationship. And so it's saying fellowship means full sharing. It's a full spiritual sharing. And your relationships with people that don't believe, it's just are not going to be able to feed you spiritually in that way. It doesn't mean you don't have relationships. They're not very enjoyable, loving, amazing relationships. But we need to get fed spiritually as far as moving ahead. So that's what it's talking about, that that's important for us and that you can't have full sharing. There's certain things you can't share spiritually with people that just don't understand spiritual things, um, etc. And it's not even speaking about just Christians or non-Christians. It's talking about you mean people can be Christians and not really walking in faith, and so you're not going to have full sharing there either. So it's... um, so that's a part of what the significance of fellowship is. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, 
And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And all these things write to you that your joy may be full. One of the purposes of fellowship is that your joy is full. And it says that we have fellowship one with another and with God. That's a part of it. It's just staying on fire as far as your connection and your relationship with God. It will bring you closer to God. Because there's going to be areas in our walk with God that we lose faith. Has anybody had that happen where you're sitting there and you question God, you doubt God, you're saying, does God love me? Have you noticed sometimes when you're not spending time with other people in fellowship that, that in particular it's really easy to doubt God? And no matter what, right? We all have doubts. We all have fears. We all have, you know, feel, will struggle at different times with a sense of unworthiness. But part of what we're going to see is you see one another where you can encourage one another. You know, sometimes can't you see how God can work in somebody else's life more than your own? Yeah, you know, you can go, you can give somebody a pep talk about how awesome God is and you can see, yes, God loves you. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he loves me too. You know, kind of a thing. A part of the encouragement. Um, uh, and then it says that your joy might be full. You know what's exciting? Because we're doing this one-year birthday. It's a little bit past our one-year birthday, but we forgot to celebrate. So it's like one of those birthdays that just goes on and on. And you're allowed to do that, right? You can have a birthday party. Chris had a birthday party a week after his birthday. So we'll have our birthday party a little late. But... What a reason, the reason I wanted to do a birthday party, even though I forgot about it at the time, is I was thinking, I've been hearing so many stories since we opened a year ago where people were saying things to me like, I was miserable six months ago. I was so unhappy six months ago. I was in pain all the time, and now I love my life. To see person after person I get so blessed by that, just hearing stories of so many people whose lives have been changed in months. That's fellowship. That's powerful. That's what it's talking about, that your joy might be full. I have never seen people, in my experience, that have really had a life that's full in every way where it's joyous. Not just superficial happy, but joyous, deep. Deep happiness, deep joy, without walking with God and having fellowship that keeps you connected to God. It feeds that. So that's the purpose of fellowship. Joy, joy might be full. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 4 and verse 15. We talked about this last week when I was talking about more honesty in our relationships and how to have better just relationships. But the context of the scripture is actually the body of Christ and fellowship. So let's look at this uh, specifically in that context. In Ephesians 4 and verse 15 it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So I want to kind of talk about this because the bo God says that we are, that everybody, that his whole, all the people that believe that have been saved, that believe Jesus is their Lord, make up a body of Christ. 
It says you're a member of the body. You're a part of that. And there's all kinds of analogies where God speaks about how members need one another. There's even a thing that says, you know, should the eye say to the hand, I don't need you, you know? Or, you know, the hand says, well, if I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. And so the example is saying that God put all these different people, way different people, look around the room, no, (laughs) Um, way different people in the body of Christ. That people have different gifts, people have different strengths, people have different life experiences, etc. And that we're God made us all unique and one of a kind and significant to, that we can serve and bless one another in, in one of a kind kind of ways. Everybody's got gifts and how you can make a difference. And so it's in the body of Christ that you see your value, that you see what you have to contribute really at its fullest. You know, what a big deal is that to see your value? You ever had that like where you've got doubts or questions about do I matter? Does my life matter? Does it have significance? Well, part of what God designed the body of Christ for is to see that, to see that you matter, that, that what you contribute matters, that, that uh, people can be there for you and you can be there for other people, that it's a community, it's a spiritual community where we can be there for, for one another, that that's a big deal. And then it also says that I, what we talked about so much last week is speaking the truth in love that we want to have um, in fellowship that's a big part of it is that we're truthful and loving the combination of those helps us to grow you see how it worked with the sam and frodo thing sam saw that frodo was going down the tubes with that ring you know he was getting influenced by something that was taking over his voice even changed he didn't even turn into the same person frodo all of a sudden because He was getting too attached to the ring, changed even. He wasn't even being who Frodo was. And Sam, as a friend, it's so much what fellowship should be, was there to fight for him, you know, there to help him. The Bible says, you know, and my gosh, that that line where he says, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. What a great line is that. That's fellowship. The Bible says that we, have to, that we all have a burden that we carry. We have responsibilities that are ours and ours alone as, as human beings. You know, it comes in with the boundary things of what's our job, what's other people's. But it says that we are to help one another in bearing the burdens, that we are to um, share in that. And so you see the combination where we help people to share in burdens that are too heavy because there's certain times in life that burdens are too heavy that they're overwhelming God did not intend for us to do it alone for us to be weighed down by those things fellowship God designed fellowship and the body of Christ to help that and that's what we see in this verse is that as we speak the truth in love that it helps us all to grow up to be more Christ-like to be more like Jesus that helps us to grow together And it helps us to grow up to be more like Jesus is a great part of the body of Christ. Uh, Let's go to Colossians 3 and verse 16. We see some other things that fellowship does. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Okay, so we see, gosh, this sounds like church almost, right? You've got teaching, admonishing, music, 
grace, all of that, God's word. So it says that the way, like one of the ways that we get his word to live inside of us, and we want that. If we want our lives to be full and rich, we want God's word. I'm telling you, the more and more that I've put on God's word in my life, the richer and more full and more meaningful my life has become. But how I've learned to, to have God's word living inside of me is through fellowship. And it says, it actually says, it says um, how it lives there, dwells there richly oh, in all wisdom. Got to be taught. Got to be taught the word is a part of it. And admonishing one another. And to admonish, it's kind of cool because it says admonish is to caution, advise, or counsel against something in a good-willed manner. So there's love, but it's saying, don't do that, like the ring. You know, there's a lot of admonishing there in, in uh, let it go, you know. A lot of times, like, you know, there are things we got to let go of, and guess what? Sometimes we need some help to let go. You notice that? Have you ever had that situation? We're going to do a whole series um, in a little bit on just all the stuff letting go. There's so many things that hold us back that we hang on to. Fears, insecurities, toxic relationships, you know, all kinds of things. Um, our self-talk. Um, letting it go, letting it go, and we need help with that. <coughs> Admonishing. Okay, let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians 1 in verse 6. It says, and you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Acacia who believe. So I love this. So there's part of how you get to be a follower of God is, is watching other people follow God. It says you're followers of us and and we're followers of God. It's like you watch somebody else and how they walk it out in their life. Fellowship in the body of Christ is a part of that, of seeing, oh, I see it. You know, I was just thinking in, in prepping the other day because um, uh, uh, Cynthia is, you know, getting ready to do the ambassador program. We were talking in the kitchen about how the whole concept of how you put God in career, God first, and how God covers and blesses you in career. And Chris was there who is like, I'm like, anytime I have a question about how to seek God first in career, I'll go, go to Chris and ask him because he's a fountain of wisdom for that. But that's what it is. That's like what this looks like to say, oh, that's what it looks like. How to follow God and to put God first and see him bless you in your career. To see that God can do that, that seeking God first to go, oh, wow, you mean if I don't work a zillion hours a week, God can still bless me? God can still provide for me? That if I take time out to worship him, to fellowship, God can provide? That if I take time out to serve God and put him first, that God can provide? Part of it, see, that's the body of Christ in fellowship is you see other people that can testify and say, yes, that works. I've seen God work that way. I've seen him bless me that way. And then I love this. It's so exciting because this verse says, it says, you became followers of us and of the Lord, you receive the word in affliction. So this is even in bad times. You receive God's word even under stressful situations with joy of the Holy Spirit and that they became examples in, 
to all in Macedonia and Acacia who believe that they followed the, their, the, their mentors. They followed their mentors in walking with God. So they became examples for everybody in this region that could pass the good news of Jesus Christ on. You know, we're, one of the things that we're really passionate about in this church's relationship stuff, we've got our dating workshop, which John didn't say is the only advice on dating, but he said, <laughs> um, but it was, it was really great that Dr. Townsend uh, said that it, um, he didn't know a better place to get the information than the dating workshop on relationships. Um, <clears throat> but we're really big on helping people to have better relationships because I believe that one of the things as far as especially romantic relationships is how much our culture right now is struggling with that. You see divorces, you see miserable marriages, you see people that don't know how to make relationships work and people getting hurt from that. And so part of our vision as a church is to pass on healing to people and teach others how to do it just like what they're talking about here in, in this verse of scripture. That it, that's the goal. I get so excited about just this one year that we've been open. I was making a list of, of all the people that we could say that just came since we opened a year ago. I mean, there's not very many people here today, but, there's a, <laughs> but I was just like, there were over 50 people that I know would say that their lives have changed this year just from coming here in fellowship. And I know the stories because I've spent time with people. And it's so electrifying to hear people saying that their lives, their relationships have changed. And then those people are stepping up like some of this new ambassador team to say, hey, I got healed. I want to pass this on to others. That's how you change the world. You change the world by passing on the healing that you've received from God to other people. That's what this is talking about. I love that. There's too much garbage people are passing out. Let's pass out some love, right? Some healing and love. In uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10 in verse 24, and here we go. See, it's already um, what this verse is saying. Hebrews 10 and verse 24, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We're supposed to... God says we're supposed to stir up some love and good works in one another. It says, huh, this is in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Don't, not fellowship. It's saying that we need one another to stir up love and good works. It says, don't forsake assembling together. And that word assemble together is actually for spiritual purpose. It's saying don't forsake that as some have. Because guess what? An ember away from the fire is going to cool off. We need high dose of fellowship. It says, but exhorting one another. And we saw that in, in the clip too. Exhort means to urge, advise, or caution earnestly, to admonish urgently, etc., to, uh, to spur, which is that stir up is actually to spur, which is, um, you know, spurs that um, cowboys have on their boots. You know, they're like little, little wheel things and they got little sharp stuff on them. And it makes, it makes the horse, if you're on a horse, you go, you know, it doesn't feel good, I'm sure. You know, I've never been spurred before, but it's kind of like, but you're kind of like, oh, it makes the horse go, but it's probably not the most pleasant feeling thing in the world. 
So what it's saying is that we are to spur one another on to love and good works, that we're to help, uh, that that's part of this, and to exhort one another. Uh, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching, and what that means is that we live as if Jesus was coming back tomorrow. You know, it's, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. It says he's going to come back, he's going to appear in, in the air, you know, in the clouds, and that we're going to be gathered together with him. And it says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. We don't know when that day the rapture is coming. But we want to live in a way that we would, that if he came back today, you know, with that kind of vision. I like to think about it as having kind of a, an eternal vision of life. You know, when I was younger, it was such a big deal to me to go, what is the point of life? I was very existential. So I was just like, oh, I was atheist. It's very existential, though, which is probably why I wound up believing God, you know, wondering a lot about the existence and why do we exist and those kinds of things. So about what was worth it, I'll tell you, there's nothing more exciting to living life that your purpose is for eternity. That you're not living for the things just today that are short-term, you know, that our lives aren't getting swallowed up by things that are temporary, but that we're living for the big picture, for all eternity. So that's why we want to stir one another up for love and good works, that we live at our potential as to how we can love one another. We're called to be examples of his love, and also we're called to make a difference so we can stir that up in one another, it says. That's why we're doing World Changers uh, for our next series starting, uh, not this Sunday, we'll close next Sunday, for World Changers. So anyway, I wrote down a list of some of the things that we get from fellowship. Uh, one is faith. Anybody want more faith? Faith to do miracles? You know, and we all have areas that we struggle with faith. The Bible says a big part of fellowship is it builds faith. Uh, we see God working in somebody else's life. We see miracles. We see answered prayers. You've got other people praying for you. Your faith grows when you're in fellowship. Another thing is, is it helps. We saw it in the, in the verse, helps us to get closer to God. Helps keep us close to God. You know? helps foster that. Uh, it gives us comfort when we need it. You know, when the world's beaten up on us, it gives us comfort. We need to comfort one another. It gives us encouragement when we're feeling like maybe weak or fragile or, you know, need some vision of what's ahead or what God's called us to. We get forgiveness in fellowship and we need that. You know, in the places that we feel like we fall short. And I love the part, I love the part with Frodo and Sam. You know, Frodo, Sam took all of this abuse carrying Frodo this far. What would it have felt like as a friend to say, wow, I've carried him, carried him. This is a rough road carrying my friend when he was too weak. And the friend goes, nope, I'm going for the ring. Thank you very much. And you see this friend that you love in agony. Didn't you just feel some agony just watching that? You're going, no! And then, um, and to watch him go off the, the edge, which is what happens sometimes, because Smeagol got on top of him, pounded him, went off the edge. 
And here he is, Frodo's hanging by the cliff, and he's still looking back at the ring. But guess what? It's so beautiful how Sam just loves Frodo anyway. He sees Frodo, he, he feels for him, he has compassion, forgiveness, love, understanding. He's not going, oh, the hell with you, dude. I just carried you all this way. You get what you, 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 you deserve what you get. You deserve get your finger chewed off. Do you know? It's just like, hmm, see what that feels like next time, you know, you take. No, it's just like there's grace. We see grace in the body of Christ. When we do stupid things and walk away from God, that there's still love and grace, not condemnation, not judgment, but love and grace, because we all have struggles like that. There's always times that we're going to be like pulling away from God. You know, last thing you need is you come back and get judged. Why would you come back to that? You know, God's a God of grace, so we get to see that. We get to see forgiveness, compassion, exhortation. Let it go. Admonishing, exhortation, and admonishing, very, very uh, similar. Grace, I, I kind of was already saying that. Grace, we see. Prayer. You get prayer. Man, I love it when I get to ask for prayer uh, from the fellowship. Growth. We saw that, that we grow up into him like Christ. We get to grieve together. The Bible says to weep with those that weep, to mourn with those that mourn. Healing. Heart healing. Healing of our hearts, our brokenheartedness. Sometimes we get beat up from relationship kind of things. And healing physically. That there's physical healing as well. We talked about it before. Your value or your worth you get to see in fellowship. You get inspiration and motivation. There's a place where you can give as well as receive in fellowship. It helps, we saw this verse too, to spur to, on to love and good works. Uh, it, we get things put inside of us that we don't have right now. There's things that we're lacking that other people can put inside of us that we need. We get discipline. We get structure. We get mentoring and discipleship because you need those things if you really want to grow. So I want to encourage you. The book of Acts, they fellowshiped every day. That's a lot of fellowship. But I want you to just be thinking right now how you could increase fellowship. Are you getting the dose of fellowship that you need? Or is it a little bit skimpy? You know, is it feeling a little skimpy? Could you use any of the things that fellowship provides? I really believe that it's one of those things that we want to hang on and not let go. You know, just like Sam told Frodo, he's like, hang on and don't let go, you know. We want to be that way with fellowship, that that's our relationship to it. So I'd like to just invite you, perhaps, to um, a little challenge, just to see if it makes a difference. If fellowship is not something you're doing on a regular basis, then I would like to invite you for a 90-day challenge to see if your life doesn't change. I would like to invite you to think about, or at least to consider, and I'll be praying for you. If you want to write this on your connection card, you can put, I'm in. But a 90-day challenge to fellowship at least once a week. You know, come to church, come to a home fellowship, someplace where spiritual assembly, where you can get fed by others, the Word of God, get prayer, etc. You know, at least once a week. It's not once a day, once a week. For the next 90 days. And, and just... I'd love to hear from you guys if you haven't done this before, if it changes your life. You know, I've seen it change lives. It's hard to believe that somebody's life could change, but I've seen lives change 
in weeks. You know, with the power of God, God does what's impossible. So let me pray. Uh, and we won't be here next week, but do come back for World Changers on August 3rd and our, for our belated one-year birthday party. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your goodness that you did not create our spiritual walk to be alone, but you designed fellowship. You designed the body of Christ that we can be there for one another with love and grace and compassion, Lord, um, that it just makes life sweet. I just get so blessed when I see the work that you do uh, in people's lives, God. It is inspiring. Thank you, God, for this time. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.